Hello and welcome to another episode of Monster Dear Monster, a monster exploration podcast where we take a look at monsters from their folkloric origins to their current pop culture incarnations. I'm your host for this episode, Cameron, and today is an extra special episode over in the United States of America. It's Thanksgiving weekend, so our dear regular co-hosts, Dave and Leonard, are both incredibly busy with their personal lives, and in Dave's case, also a big shipping container of sporting equipment. Uh, So instead, I'm joined live in the studio. Uh, This is a pre-recorder, you're not getting this broadcast live. Live in the studio with close personal friend and biggest nerd I know. Sam. Sam, how are you doing? I'm doing extremely well, Cameron. Thank you for the wonderful introduction. Oh, thank you for coming. I I got to Thursday and went, wait, I said I'd organize someone on my end to do this episode. And I went, who do I know who'll be quick about this? It'll be Sam. Uh, yeah. So welcome to the show. Lovely to have you. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself so the audience knows vaguely who you are, apart from my nebulous friend who plays D&D with me. <laughs> uh D player. Um uh trepidatious fan of horror in general, massive fan uh of uh Lovecraft, although recently he's been uh more and more exposed to me on uh how uh the more extreme sides of his Oh yeah. <laughs> of of the racist, let's just say it. Uh, we've been, we've it. been through that. At yeah. least he doesn't make money off his stories anymore. It's okay. We can like them. They have to admit they're racist. <laughs> and the and decoupling of uh, the artist from the art is something that, uh, I mean, there's been mm. huge things talked about. Oh, yeah. Um, and something that we're probably going to have to do a little today, otherwise Phil Tippett will probably be in jail. I mean... <laughs> well, well, not jail, but an asylum. Yeah, like, like, if art is an expression of who you are on the inside, <laughs> and it definitely was in a lot of cases for H.P. Lovecraft, he, he wrote from the wretched little thing he called a heart. <laughs> uh, if, Phil, if that's the case of Phil Tippett, um, I'm scared for anyone within 500 miles of his location. I'm scared for the man himself. Also for the man himself. I don't want him hurting himself. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> what, what eyes must the man look out of oh. to have a view that would create such a thing? Oh, it's wonderful. Yeah, yeah, it's it's um pretty pretty insane. Some would say mad. Um, <laughs> if you haven't guessed by the episode title, which I don't know if it's going to be a straightforward or cryptic episode title, that's always a toss up. Uh, we're going to be talking about Mad God by Phil Tippett. Uh, it it does what it says on the tin. Released 2021, uh, yes. it began initial work when? The 90s? Uh, yeah, like 91. <laughs> yeah. If it was a 30-year production, presumably he started in the early 90s. If he um, worked on Jurassic Park, I believe, yes. then it would have been around about the same time. Yeah. So, yeah, actually. I don't I don't know anything about the uh, linearity of the movie compared to its development, but over such a long time frame, you would have had mm. to sort of been you, you would have to have thought that some of his other work would influence the style uh, at yeah. various points of the production. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Like, oh, I mean, where to begin? Like, as a film, it's so is, hard to begin. This is such <laughs> a 
barrage of experience. Yes. Like, I, I will say this from the bat. I don't think I've ever watched anything else that is so carnally, innately experiential as a media piece. Like, there is not a single word of dialogue in this film. I, I'm vaguely remembering. I'm pretty sure that... There is it, a couple of words uh, that come through as, like, a, a radio broadcast. Yes. Yeah, you uh, get the occasional staticky, garbled word. Yeah. Um, but apart from that, there's no dialogue. It is just pure, like, visio, visual audio carnage on the senses. That's not to say there's no, like, uh, audible communication. There's oh, a couple no, yeah. of... You would call them characters because they're humanoid shaped. <laughs> they <laughs> act, I think, perhaps. Yes. They, uh, and they make sort of Ooh, noises. Minecraft, yes. uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Minecraft zombie noise. Yeah, yeah, well, the Minecraft and villager noises. Also like, that. I, I personally am a big fan <laughs> of the ubiquitous use of monkey based audio throughout the film. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of the monkey shriek, which is very old school, like stop motion animation feeling to it mm, as well. Yes, like, definitely. The, the, this is this is ninety 95% a stop motion animation. Uh, it is like we're going to get deep into this. We're going to talk about lots of scenes. You should just go watch the film. It's on Shutter. Shutter's worth your time and money. Go get, go subscribe, go watch Mad God, watch everything else on there. There's plenty of incredibly good stuff on there. Um, we're going to attempt to talk about the film. We're probably not really going to be able to spoil anything in that regard. We might be able to give you a rough idea of what to expect. Let, let's just put parts, this at the top, because yeah. so far we've sort of danced around the issue. Yeah. There's uh, the, the film itself is definitely more better described as an experience. Yeah. There, it is a... Uh, long series of mostly sometimes connected scenes, mm. skits where stop motion photography uh, details a uh, a little plot in a, an extremely abstract not necessarily surreal but it certainly dances with it uh, mm. uh, hellscape Let, yeah. <laughs> let's just put oh, that out there yeah it is hell <laughs> it, it is absolutely definitely uh, many people's idea of mm. uh, some of the more southern areas of the Garden of Earthly Delights. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can we say a modern-day Dante's Inferno? I was thinking about that on the way up, Cameron, and yeah. I, I would probably say not, for oh. reasons I'll go into later, uh, because al al although this might be contentious, but I think the film might actually have a plot. Yeah, potentially. It's not just the tour. <laughs> yeah. I do agree that there is something happening here, and I'm snatching at the vaguest of sparkling <laughs> glitter in the air, going, is this is this plot? Is this a clue? <laughs> and it, it takes forever, but when you get to the end of the experience, mm. you definitely feel like there is something going on and that you might have gleaned a little bit of... This is what it is. Yes. This is the closest we've come to that moment where the the good thing about Eldritch Horror is looking at a jumble of complete nonsense. This is not complete nonsense. This all has meaning and symbolism, but looking at, like, a central overload, and for a moment it aligns and you see purpose and meaning behind all of it, and then you keep thinking yeah. and it unaligns and you go, wait, what was this all about? And it has that sort of feeling. Definitely. It's... I think it is probably the most effective capturing of that sort of 
yeah, that, that sort of eldritch horror-y, there's deeper meaning, there's deeper intent back here, but we can only barely glimpse the, the true understanding of it. There, There is definitely a few moments where the, the curtains are pulled back to show that there is a bigger picture yeah. going on, but it, the, the vast bulk of the movie suffuses you with this... Uh, but uh, the it's such a powerful uh, emotion. It's there's so many things. It's uh, yeah. it's a long running uh, anxiety attack. Yeah, I, I would probably yes. I would probably call it rust and flesh. Then yeah. anx- <laughs> anxiety attack the movie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's yeah. It, no, it, uh, it, it's that that sort of palpable continual dread low in the chest. The sense of thing. dread is yeah. masterfully done. Um, the the pervasion, the 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 ambient oppressive doom mm. that that, ha- that most of the movie has yeah. is uh, so so masterfully done. But let's just do it a little bit about Phil Tippett, just in case you don't know who he is. He's yeah. uh. He, if you don't know the name, you definitely know his work. Oh, is probably yeah. a sentence that is easily Googleable. Absolutely. Uh, Star Wars Cantina, the stop motion behind that. Jurassic yeah. Park, Robocop. Robocop, absolutely. All of this belies uh, what you might think the movie could be about because mm-hmm. uh, the first 20 minutes of the movie, an exercise in how much you're able to take in terms of body horror, yeah, uh, it yes. we're, we're delving into Cronenberg's worst nightmare oh, for man. a lot of a lot of it. Yeah, yeah, it is. That is the thing. Like it is, it is hell, and it's not holding back on that. Like this is. It does of, not hold back. That's like, for sure. Like, I feel the correct term is grotesque, right? <laughs> Definitely. Like. So much of this film. First off, there's just the, there's the straight up terrible things. Like there's an ongoing depiction of what I would call that sort of World War One, World War Two esque sort of hellscape that is sort of prevalent throughout a lot of the film. But then it just keeps layering on there. Like there's there's torture. There's a bunch of sc- scatology. Best way to put it. Oh uh, yeah, there is yeah. a little bit. Um... There, there's there's a lot of toilet stuff. <laughs> well, that I, that sort of uh, so I've just I've just mm. completely finished uh, the podcast, the Magnus Archives, which oh, yes. deals with different types of fear and its domains. Mm. Now, for for fans of that podcast, I'd probably call this like sixty percent the flesh, thirty percent vast, and ten percent the stranger. Yeah, uh, <laughs> if uh, if that means anything to anyone else, <laughs> but. The, it, it definitely touches on things that you would normally uh, feel very, very icky about. Yeah. Like that, I once uh, watched a uh, a psychologist who has to deal with uh, extreme phobias yeah. demonstrate how some phobias are not only useful and normal, mm. but pervade us uh, to an extent that we don't realize. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, so if you knew a let's say, toilet seat had been completely fully disinfected and was, you know, yeah. literally clean enough to eat off, you would still feel 
extremely icky about oh yeah licking it or something like yeah, that yeah uh, sorry to be disgusting oh, no. but uh, <laughs> it's, it's exactly that sort of extreme sort of uh visceral uh mm. sense that it that the whole movie just plays with yeah yeah like i think that was the the first moment i went okay this is definitely going to be something else is like <laughs> the, the film opens again with this sort of world war ii style hellscape there's a there's a fortress in amongst a, a desert of concrete rubble that kind of stuff um there, there's there's like a diving bell kind of contraption descending from the heaven an extremely rusty diving bell yeah. that's why i mentioned rust and flesh anxiety attack the movie yeah yeah the, the whole everything man-made appears to be extremely aged yeah d- dilapidated uh just if it's made of metal it's rusty if yeah. it's not made of metal it has crumbled almost but not quite to dust yeah right on the edge of the end of entropy exactly yes yeah um but yeah this diving bell descends you know the one of the main characters sort of steps out uh i believe he's called the assassin in the the assassin yeah um begins sort of descending and one of the first early scenes of this descent is you see a bunch of people essentially on the electric chair Mm, uh, and as the assassin approaches (laughs) you realize these are not human size these are vast like skyscraper sized giants on electric chairs as tall as like the empire state building being tortured and because they're being killed with electricity they're defecating yes and it's being funneled through the bottom of the chair like deeper into the 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 world below and i went this is going to get really, really weird. Yeah, really, really that's fast. not quite the opening scene, but it's, yeah. it's pretty much there. Yeah. And, yeah, and so that, as an introduction, even before all the uh, car- the, the, the fleshy carnage and uh, malformed monstrosities oh, uh, appear that you get a, a closer look up later, yeah. before all that appear, you're instantly confronted with violent death and the rather disgusting yeah. <laughs> follow-ups to that. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely, like it is. That's that's so, sorry. sorry to interrupt. That's yeah, not yeah. quite the opening scene, though. True. So yeah, the f- the first two scenes is a uh, uh, like a almost a shadow puppet uh, sort of thing of the Tower of Babel. Yes. And yeah. uh, something is atop it. A character. You see that character? Oh no, I won't say uh... that. Uh, the. The, the Wibbly one, yes. The, the Wibbly one, exactly. <laughs> it's as good a name as any. <laughs> yeah. So, you see him later? Mm. Is that, we allowed to say that? Well, a bit late now, Samuel. <laughs> uh, we see, we see, yeah. Mm. Perhaps the mad god. So, well, no, but that, that that's just it. If yeah. he's at the top of the Tower of Babel, he's not the god. He's reaching he is, the he, he is, uh... Uh, a denizen of the mm. world that was created by a mad god. Yeah. And yeah. then it goes into a uh, a scene from Leviticus, a scroll yeah. of text scrolling past the, like uh, human flesh, the camera. I'm pretty sure as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's Leviticus uh, detailing why God is angry. Yeah. So I would posit that this god is not mad in the Lovecraftian uh just insane sort of way yeah, which yeah. a lot of the movie would would have you believe because <laughs> it is completely bonkers yeah but uh angry instead of, uh, of is, insane is punishment rather than the after effect of just complete insanity exactly which and these hellscapes yeah, uh, the, the world yeah. below 
mm. is uh, what the world becomes after the god uh, finishes his wrath rather yeah. than uh, what he did with this earth, which was just, you know, stop the job halfway through, yeah. really. Um, <laughs> Half is good enough. There we go. <laughs> exactly. Um, the, uh, if, uh, if the world was completely destroyed as, as, a, as a hellscape, then that would almost certainly be something like this because this yeah. is this has no uh conscious entities in mm. uh in, in this hellscape there is only unthinking damned souls mm. uh <laughs> suffering yeah yeah like it is it is a lot we're going to keep saying this throughout this recording <laughs> i think this film this experience is really is a lot capital um, a capital l yeah, yeah. I I think that's part of first off, gotta say, love the film. Not being clear from us just sort of raving like to to Talking people excitedly. two people sharing a cell in the asylum about it so far. Um it's really, really good. It is just in terms of production, it is I think polished beyond the edge of perfection, but in reverse because the polish here is every detail of grunge and filth and absolute decay is about as perfect as you can get. These are puppet sets, you know, there's all almost all stop motion. The level of detail they have on these expansive hellscapes of cracked rubble and, and like collapsed society and then getting down deep into like flesh and just the, the glistening pustules, the, yeah. so the, the slime and the yeah. blood. Like the, the level of detail is in itself sort of insane on that level. <laughs> Very true. The cinematography they've done on these sets is great. When I went through the uh, yeah. the, the credits and uh, the, the hundreds of people that have yeah. worked on this, oh, oh, that's why it was polished to a mirror finish because mm. it wasn't just one person. Because just one person, even uh, just the, the most anal retentive person yeah. working on a single project, over thirty years is gonna cut a corner now and then. Yeah. But no, this yeah. is this this was a large project. Yeah, this was this was hundreds of people mm. working working their butts off mm. to realize the vision of one definitely <laughs> definitely creative person. <laughs> oh yes. Oh yes. It, it it is yeah, it is in its technical aspect almost flawless. Uh, now I've said I've said it's ninety five percent stop motion. There are a few instances where they clearly didn't want just stop motion and got some human actors in. And yeah, there was uh, a yeah. total. I think a total of three human actors. There yeah. was uh, the surgeon. I think was the surgeon, the nurse, and the, I think the surgeon was sometimes stop motion, but yeah. I, I might be wrong. The nurse was definitely human. Definitely, yeah. And the uh, let's call him bishop, the, the bishop, the architect of of the assassins or something. Well, yeah. yeah I, 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 again, I believe the the credits called him uh, the last human. Oh, uh, the, okay. sorry, the last man. Yes, and yeah. again, that makes me think that uh, that man might be the Mad God, and he's uh, mm. trying to uh, further destroy yeah. Uh, yeah. the world below by sending assassins. But mm. that's 
uh, in terms of theories, that's pretty half baked, and it's literally just what I was thinking about when I came up here on the drive. Yeah, yeah, it's been swirling around in my head too. Like as as far as motivation stuff for characters in here, yeah, uh, it's, it's again it's anyone's game. It's uh, uh, <laughs> to to briefly speak about spoilers. It, it's yeah. it's difficult to spoil this movie, and even what I just said as uh as like destruction of possible surprises no no this 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 is not you, you you're not going to this movie for the plot uh mm-hmm. you're you're going to this movie to be suffused to let yourself uh <laughs> let yourself experience let yourself be shocked awed. Yeah. Um, awed, a lot of that yes <laughs> uh yeah yeah shocked awed and disturbed i think mm-hmm. it's probably it. Yeah, that, Definitely, that just a, ride, yeah, that's the one. That anxiety ride is so real. Um, yes. Oh my god. Yes. Yeah. Like there is a scene about halfway through the film, which is just the surgery scene, where I think they dive deep into okay, we need to make sure anyone who's been relatively unfazed so far <laughs> has to be phased. We must phase them. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Okay. So yeah. we'll we'll get we'll we'll make this uh, phase attempt number one, and we'll just sort of okay. So do you think they would be phased by that or no? No. Okay. Well, let's do this Some instead. Some of the staff aren't openly weeping yet. Let's dig a little deeper. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> let's literally dig for metaphors uh-uh. <laughs> because <laughs> wild. Yeah. Um. So yeah, one of the assassins because we we spend the whole like first third of the film following an assassin. This sort of jack-booted, trench-coated, gas mask, almost stalker-esque. I would, I would probably call it uh, diesel punk. Diesel punk is a good word for it, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and we follow this assassin. He's got a briefcase. He's got a He's briefcase got a and breathing modules. On the on the uh, diving bell down into this hellscape, you briefly see a uh, uh, some feathers at the bottom of a cage. It's yeah. very clearly insinuated that. Uh, this whole hellscape is toxic to him. Yeah, it's a no, it's an environment suit. Yeah, the, the canaries are long dead. Yeah, at this point. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, we we follow this assassin down, uh, and and he's carrying a briefcase the whole way, which he seems to be taking great care of. Mm. Uh, and we get to an area where there is a small mountain of briefcases. Uh, not which, small. Yeah, I mean, yeah, not even small. Yeah. Um, I mean, which we we. We've mentioned like it's it's the hellscape of human invention and hell and everything. It is definitely meant to be uh, yeah. ex-human areas. Yeah. When the diving bell reaches its destination, it lands at a literal crossroads of mm. a, a road with streetlights yeah. and markings upon the bitumen. Yeah. And I thought, oh, a crossroads? It's a little bit on the nose. Oh, uh, on the nose yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, we get to this mountain of suitcases and... It's like they, they, again World War One, World War Two imagery, and then we mm. we we just sort of start crossing that threshold into straight up like the Holocaust yes. imagery, which I've been to um, Auschwitz and stuff, and like there are rooms where they just have a bunch of leftover suitcases or shoes or hair and all that kind of thing. It's 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 it is just kind of piled like that, and it is you you look and go, oh, he's not the character, he's a character, and you know, everyone who's come before him has made it this far, essentially, and something terrible has happened. And he says, briefcase down, it's a bomb. It's just a bunch of dynamite with a timer in a briefcase. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and begins setting it. And then this, this 
syringe and gear and piston creature. <laughs> this this sort of mad gut. It looks like in Dead Space, you know the the ones with the tail, the necromorphs with the tail and the two limbs that crawl around like whip with the tails. It looks like that basically, it, it but made out of definitely has elements of that. Yeah, made out of mechanical bits. It it grabs our assassin, carries him off, and the bomb fails to go off, and then we get. Yeah, the, the the point where they go, you must be phased at this point. <laughs> we're going to strip down this person who we thought was the main character. We're going to lay him out on a table and we're going to just vivisect them for, for a prolonged, like, five-minute scene, whatever, with uh, with our live action. And that man is a TARDIS. There's a lot of oh, stuff inside him. <laughs> yeah, like, it starts out really disturbing and then it gets more disturbing, and then it gets a little goofy, and then it gets very disturbing. <laughs> like, you know, you need to, like, crack the ribs and pull off the front of the chest and stuff. Oh, the cracking. The oh, cracking I, okay. I, I need yeah. to derail this further. Please. I, I need to talk about the sound design. Oh, my so, God. So, uh, like yourself, I'm very, very passionate about audio in uh, in different ways to you, though. Yeah, yeah. And um, I've spent a lot of time and even more effort and uh and lots of money on on my little home theater mm. and it's it's movies like this that really make me happy that I have because oh, yeah. just yeah. having having the attention paid to the sound design uh when the the it wheels going over certain gravel the the cracking of the ribs yeah. uh little little chimes and tinkles coming from areas that you don't expect mm. there is just so much going on sonically yes. with, with with this movie that it's just as much uh well no it's not just as much as the visuals but that's why where uh you and I are both uh saying that it's a feast it is mm-hmm. an experience it suffuses you yeah i yeah. i believe uh Phil Tibbetts himself said that uh like the best way to enjoy this movie is like on gummies or weed or at oh, least a bottle of wine i'm sure um, it would have helped my experience <laughs> a little over the edge <laughs> um the well that's just it because uh that sort of thing can also uh prolong your ability to uh absorb small details like mm. that mm. you you you're able to uh absorb the totality if not your ability to process it yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's yeah. okay yeah. because processing this is a, is no yeah, like, no. uh, you want to try and not do that. In like four months, I'm going to get real drunk and watch this movie again <laughs> yeah. and go through it with the brain that's able to just slow down and pick out details. But even even just watching this stone cold sober with just a head set <laughs> and a darkened room was enough for me for now. <laughs> um, but yeah, oh. yeah, crack ribs, just start dumping viscera <laughs> out of out of our assassin, and then. They start doing the Mary Poppins thing, where the surgeon just reaches God, yes. deeper and deeper into yeah. like a normal. Uh, here, hold my legs. I'm going to lean all the way into this man's I'm, body. I'm getting, I'm getting shoulder deep inside, yeah. inside a foot, foot and a half deep torso. <laughs> yeah, um, and starts pulling out gold and jewelry, jewels, but books as well. Books, and he, really he, he's clearly looking for something. The surgeon yeah. is clearly, he, he sifts, he, he, he brings out two large handfuls, almost a full armful of, uh, 
necklace, jewels, massive jewels, mm. gold coins, doubloons, let's call yeah, them. Yeah. And he's he's just sort of letting them run through his fingers. He's clearly sifting, sifting, no, 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 bugger it, and then just dumps mm. the coins and everything with the uh with the various viscera uh over the side. Yeah. And yeah. and then continues looking for more, and then he brings out books, and then he just sort of rifles through some as if he's looking for something in a book. Mm. And so there's these things, these vital, valuable things coming out of his chest and also yeah. information coming out yeah. of his chest as yeah. if it's, I don't know, memories mm. or bits of his soul that he values and then bits of his soul that he remembers coming out of his chest. Yeah. And the surgeon is looking for these. And then what does he find at he the end? He pulls out what I would like to call, call the spine slug baby. Uh, yes, I'd I'd call I'd call it uh, uh, a newborn xenomorph. It looks yeah. like a newborn xenomorph uh, mm. made of lint and slime. Made of lint and slime. It I think I, I I feel very strongly it has the the snake like qualities of the uh, initial xenomorph yeah. phase. Yeah, um, absolutely. Where, especially because its teeth are on display. Yes. Um, yeah. It's very uh, humanish. Yeah, it has sort of a spiky sort of spine going down it. Mm. Um, but it, it's, uh, I, th I think there was soundtracks, uh, little clips of babies crying before yeah. this, but here's where it really begins. Oh, man, yeah. And uh, if babies crying triggers you, because it does for me, yeah. then it, uh, <laughs> This is where it starts to get a little bit iffy because it just doesn't stop for a little while. It does not let up. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, from this point on, anytime the nurse or the xenomorph of lint and slime is on screen, <laughs> you will hear a baby just crying continually. Now, I'm not a child person despite <laughs> working with children for my living, uh, but I'll tell you what, it puts my teeth on edge after about 30 seconds. Oh, yeah. You know, there's about half of the movie left-ish at this point. <laughs> I'd say a good third of the rest of that half of the movie is sort of a sixth overall is baby crying time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, uh... It, is, it is, again, definitely part of the design here is to keep you on edge, keep you phased. Definitely. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah, as, as going back to it before, anxiety attack the movie. Yeah, and, yeah. And... <laughs> my brother is a well not a new parent now i guess we call him a recent parent a recent. but he would definitely say that um uh it it gets you when you yeah. become a parent the sound of a crying child gets you very very deep down and you don't expect it and you have no choice but to yeah. <laughs> address that problem yeah. it, it's one of those base instinctual things yeah which... yeah things like this like this cat sitting behind me it deliberately take advantage of um, but <laughs> it's still so much more when it is just literal human baby crying mm, exactly like the mewing of a cat will only get you so far this is viscerally upsetting i think is probably the best way to put it just to hear that and know because this is a film obviously we can't do anything to help with that we have to sit here and experience what happens absolutely um, uh horror games yeah. medium films uh, often use the sound of babies crying to uh to disturb yeah. but uh most of those guys generally let up after a little while yeah the yeah. this movie carries it right through yeah uh, they're, um, they're... your your little terror slug uh with baby crying <laughs> um 
it was something that sort of the the juxtaposition of the baby crying, but also it has teeth. Yeah. It has a full set of dentures. Oh yeah. Um, very human. Uh, very human teeth. And as a another character sort of uh carries it from mm. scene to scene, you you can you can see its little mouth and its white teeth just sort of open and close yeah. as the soundtrack of the baby crying just sort of fades in and out and gets louder. Yeah. Like, my God, it's, it's so much. <laughs> it is so much. You're correct about that. So much. Um, it, yeah, yeah. And uh, the, that character carries it past uh, some some interesting scenes that uh, I, I really didn't understand. Yeah, um, yeah. There was the uh, the green amoeba just sort of swimming. There was oh, the yes. massive yellow cylinders with something clearly inside them, something living, a prisoner mm. maybe, or an, some spawn, some yes. massive spawn that they plan on de, uh, like cloning and then just sort of... Yeah. Uh, oh. It's a lot. Visually, oh, it's hard to comprehend a lot of it, you know? Like... It really is. <laughs> um, oh. The, yeah... The 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 sound design and the visual aspects is just overwhelming for the full hour and twenty three minutes. Yeah, um, yeah, it doesn't let up. Yeah, it really doesn't. Like the 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 closest thing to a sense of calm in this is a sense of menace rather than immediate mm. distress. Mm, yeah, I like, like that. Yes, that's like, exactly. We, we we carry we carry baby slug through its journey to a massive set of electronic doors that, you know, slowly grind their way open. And there's the closest thing to calm we get is this like nine and a half foot tall phantom plague doctor, <laughs> like strung with all sorts of like warding beads and with these enormous triple jointed finger hands. Yeah. Oh, um, the, the, the way it opens the oh, hands oh, to accept the baby in, in the beginning. Incredible. Um, this is this is like probably the calmest moment in the film because it's just moving calmly and it's not actively hostile and there's nothing being maimed or dismembered or <laughs> shitting all over the place. <laughs> it's that moment of, well, this is worrying, but it's not actively awful for like three seconds. <laughs> <laughs> And then, yeah, the, the 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 hands unfold, and the nurse very reluctantly hands over baby slug. Yeah, and the hands fold up to hold it firmly, and it's like turns around, off it goes, and still pretty, still pretty bad after that point. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, um, it is so much. <laughs> We've got to keep saying that it's so much. <laughs> it certainly is. Um, just going to. Oh yeah, that's right. The uh, special guest that it had um, about halfway through uh, a giant red coronavirus. Yes. Yeah, I did. I did make note of that. It's like in in amongst all the horrors of the world, with like these little homunculi people who make up the mass of like moving sapient-ish creatures in this film. Uh, is the attack of the coronavirus, which felt very on the nose, but I, it's just this red floating viral viral particle yes. that descends from heaven again and, and lands. And, 
it uh, like picks off some of some of the denizens of, of the hellscape and then just sort of attacks it with a, a giant viral proboscis. Yeah, which is really <laughs> I really love because it is accurate to the to the biological level of how a virus works. It's like yeah. this balloon yeah. with legs basically yeah. that comes down and when it contacts something, just a spike slams down into the cell. But in this case, it's more like a little targeted proboscis whip thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I guess it. Uh, yeah. I, I guess that since it occurred halfway through the movie, then yeah, yeah it, it wasn't. Uh, it it wasn't developed at uh, at the end of the movie. I so mean, I, I, I guess there was uh, some rearranging of scenes. They, Either they, that, they, or... they would have put that in in their in their late twenty twenty work and gone like, <laughs> I'm really feeling down about this whole coronavirus thing. And Phil goes, "You're feeling down. Would you say you feel?" <laughs> Dread. Menace. <laughs> Wait. The virus puppet store. <laughs> oh my god. I, it, yeah. it's, it's either that or um, they already knew what um, a, uh, a retrovirus sort of looks like um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, biologically and just included that. It just happened to be Line a up. scene that Which... came out a year after yeah. coronavirus hit. Yeah. And I mean, like, there's, to be said for that, this, this, touches on a lot of like the the things that people fear the things yeah. that make people feel like dread and despair like there's there's war there's torture there's helplessness there's poverty and then also people don't like getting sick and dying so here's a scene where a bunch of giant viruses descend war of the world style oh yes and just... yes the, the, oh, exactly yeah <laughs> it definitely has war of the worlds so... <laughs> or even <laughs> Even Mars attacks yeah, at some yeah. point. That actually, that that yeah, I did want to talk about uh, comedy in yes, the, in this absolutely. film. There is definitely a few moments uh, of like if if it wasn't for the steamrolling doom, dread, uh, uh, oppressive ambience you, that you can dig with a spoon yeah the, the, there is some moments that would be outright hilarious oh, there's man. the when he when he gets into the um into the jeep and the latina music starts playing yeah. he goes bang bang no <laughs> no music and just sort of percussive maintenance turns yeah. it off yeah yeah <laughs> this is the um the second assassin <laughs> yeah like that 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 second assassin's whole bit is much more light in that sense like he he comes down he's he's smart he's immediately thinking like i don't want to walk here walking stuff yeah i'll find i'll get a bicycle he finds a bicycle in the rubble picks it up and immediately just falls into like 15 pieces like <laughs> i'll find a different bike rides the bike as far as it goes walks finds the jeep pops in like Okay, got a hot wire. It got a hot wire. Ba, da, 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 da. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's so good it's, it's... absolutely hilarious there's um, uh th th there's a, a yeah a lot of moments in uh big budget uh comedy movies coming out these days where mm. i feel th that uh sound design needs to be better better used yeah. a, a lot of a lot of comedy is really uh pure dialogue there is characters talk to each other and that's all the comedy movie is yeah. whereas you have a lot of uh who who's the director of um of Shaun of the Dead, the Cornetto trilogy. Oh, um, Nick Frost and Simon Pegg. Yeah, who's the, the director? Oh, the, the director. Oh, he did uh, Baby Driver and stuff, didn't he? Yes, he did. 
yeah, no, he's he's up. he's exactly <laughs> he's exactly sort of what I'm talking about here. He's he's a master of uh, using uh, the framing of uh, what he's directing and also the sound design. Uh, Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright. That's exactly. It. <laughs> how he's, did you get Edgar Wright? Um, exactly how. Um, <laughs> the, there's just moments of of uh, of comedy perfection yeah. that um you, you can't you can't get from dialogue which is good because this movie doesn't have any yeah yeah <laughs> there's the, the occasional garbled radio word there's the monkey screams and the baby's crying and that's about it for like mouth sounds <laughs> that could potentially be interpreted as dialogue yeah but yeah there, there is i think an effective part of horror because I think this film hits horror more accurately than almost anything else I've seen. Mm. Horror being like that, that creeping dread. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. But you need to undercut it occasionally because if there weren't these tiny, slightly comedic moments, I think this film would be much worse for wear. Um, it, it, it definitely gets, yeah. it, it, it's hard mode. Yeah. It, it's yeah. definitely, it's definitely a difficult one to get through. Yeah. You, you need to be, pretty passionate about not only uh horror movies in general and stop motion in general yeah and that just ticks all my boxes but but also uh the ability to explore uh within yourself to uh to accept that it's giving you something to feel and uh, explore that on the fly while it's also giving you something else yeah (laughs) because it definitely gives you something else yeah absolutely like it's those few rare moments where you can go, ah, that was a bit funny. Yeah. Go, or maybe it's not all so bad. And then the film goes, no, it's bad. <laughs> like, lets you sink back down. And like that depth of dread is deeper and darker for having had that brief moment of levity. Uh, and especially if you have a really dark moment followed immediately by a very brief moment of levity, like right near the end of the film, there's the... Like an emotional jump scare. Yeah, there's, there's <laughs> the assistant who has his little his little terrariums. Oh, my God. All the, like, that the was blue... so pretty. It was so pretty. It's it, gorgeous. It, it's like, if, if, if you asked an AI to generate a full environment based on a picture of a blue-ringed octopus, <laughs> I think this might be what you would get. But yeah. it's, it's all dark circles with neon rings, and then it's uh, it, it, it looks like colors. a um an, an aquarium with a lot of UV lighting. Yeah. So like with uh, fish and plants illuminated neon, glowing uh with their own uh phosphorescence almost. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's this assistant, this laboratory assistant, basically caring for his little terrarium. It's got these little blue ringed octopus humanoid creatures yeah. that appear to be like either a parent and a child or maybe a mated pair who are enjoying they they, they sort of look like the uh, characters from um Katamari Damacy yeah. because of, because They've of got their the big heads Arnold heads uh, yeah, yeah yeah like bipedal hammerheads <laughs> yeah yeah um they they're enjoying their mealworms and then yes. for his own entertainment he releases the blue ringed octopus but a mouth spider yeah um the oh. Uh, I, I oh my god, the creature design in this movie is out of this it's bloody out of the world. world. Yeah. The, these aren't these aren't spiders, but they're they're they're, they're spiders. The closest approximation uh, we have. <laughs> closest approximation, I would probably say, would be uh, blue ringed octopus, uh, half life head crabs. Might be better. It does have like the four legs. Yeah, uh, yeah. With, with a sort of. Uh, 
scuttly movement. Yeah, again, yeah. a more human mouth than insectile or yes. arachnid, as yeah. the case may yeah. be. <laughs> but yeah, this, this has unleashed uh, the, the larger of the pair of the peaceful mealworm eaters. Mm. Season runs off, despairing as the smaller one is eaten. And then we just, the camera shifts like 15 degrees to the left, and we see two cockroaches having tea at a table, just going, oh, well, that just happened, basically. Not just having tea, but having high tea. Yes. There's yeah, a, like the wonderful porcelain jug. Yeah. And what, are they playing cards or yeah, something as well? they're playing cards. One of them's uh, got yeah, a just... hand of four aces, I think. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the cockroaches survived the apocalypse. Well, of course they did. They're they cockroaches. Did. Oh, gosh. Not only that, they appear to have been like the, the they maintain civilization better than any other species. Yeah, they, they've, they've clearly got agency. They yeah. they they almost go, huh, oh, well, look at that. What are the uh, neighbours up to now? <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're the most expressive cockroaches I've ever seen. It was yeah, amazing. Yeah. Um but yeah, that is one of that that, that brief lift of levity because that is like one of the for me, one of the most soul crushing <laughs> moments in that film is we have this beautiful moment of peace and love. Oh. And then the despair of the parent slash lover having to abandon the the other half of themselves <sighs> to the terrible monster to live, and then it's like, and the cockroaches are going, oh, quite mm-hmm. terrible time. I saw that coming. I, as soon as the so amazingly uh, pretty sort of scene oh, yeah. of this terrarium came up, it was like, this is not going to last. No. <laughs> <laughs> How is this going to be crushed slowly, quickly? viscerally <laughs> quickly and viscerally in the end yeah, yeah it didn't yeah. last very long it was like a minute or two of oh isn't this quite nice i know it's nice but there's something wrong there's something wrong because yeah. you never get off the anxiety train and in this one no 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 it's it's always it's always there yeah um yeah which the, let, let's talk a little bit about the the ending of the film the 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 mystical floaty underwater styled plague doctor carries the baby slug all the way through to this laboratory where we just had uh the cockroaches having high tea so uh, this baby slug which yeah. was what was the surgeon was clearly looking for yes uh let, let, it's uh it's the last thing the surgeon finds so presumably it's well, like a core memory it's yeah, like the like the, the deepest, the deepest sliver of a soul of the yeah. of uh the assassin that was sent down and uh it was handed to this guy who there who who grinds it up and yeah, yeah. um it's been crying this whole time and he puts it in a little tray like a crib <laughs> and then the camera pans up to like a meat hammer suspended over him basically crush. and it, just, it stops crying that's it's, good oh yeah no, that's true <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's distilled down into a juice which itself is further distilled down into a powder further refined into a metal and then yeah a, a great big plate of uh Yeah, glitter. And (laughs) I, for the life, I was sure the plague doctor was going to snort that thing. Oh yeah, I, I I thought he was going to get a straw straw. into the the (laughs) (laughs) beaker. It did feel like this could have been it. Like this is hell, and this is the only pleasure allotted to these people. Yeah, you have to kill an assassin and pull out the deepest, only really human part of it. Yeah, and grind it down into a fine paste, and refine the paste into a powder, and then that's the good stuff. That's human gold <laughs> right there. Exactly. Uh, but no, brings no. it brings it over to like an aperture, uh, something like that. He, yeah. um, I believe it's an open fireplace, and scatters the the glitter into the fireplace, and yeah. it creates an image of uh, the creation of a universe. 
either an image of the creation of the universe or my brain went into this is perhaps a new universe being born and this is how it's done. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because yeah, we, yeah we, definitely. See, we see a universe being created, whether it's an image of this current universe being created or a new one. Um, and much earlier in the film, there there was this construction going on via way of those giant magnetic slabs that were all zooming around and very comically just running over homunculi. <laughs> yes, uh, which yes. I, I love all the incidental homunculi murder that itself is also a bit humorous um, yep. if not also tragic in certain cases I can only just imagine the storyboard homunculi oh. murder 297 yeah <laughs> do we need all 300 of these in shot Mr. Hibbert like yes it's important to the plot <laughs> um, but yeah we see like the black hole at the centre of the, the galaxy the universe whatever is spitting out these magnetic slabs that they were gathering into a structure very 2001 obelisk. well yeah because they yeah. impact on planets and yeah. then life spreads out from them like yeah, they yeah. affect and like whether this is yeah seeding a new universe with like these remnants from the mad god up above perhaps or whether yeah, yeah. this is yeah just them attempting to find information which is important this lab is filled with equipment but also yeah, clearly books. men of science he's, he's clearly destroying... man of science learning. perhaps he perhaps <laughs> he's just yeah gazing backwards to the creation and understanding how did we get here um but i kind of personally like my my initial interpretation which was yeah this is a new universe being created it's going to end up the same way because we're building it off literally the same building blocks you can't that, because the, that's what the tower of babel was made of in the beginning was those same rectangular slabs uh, and so it's sort of it's sort of yeah, a throughput yeah. of that because in the scene where the slabs first show up they they have deconstructed the tower of babel they they have literally pulled it down you can still see the bottom layer and the beginning of the ramp yes and of course that, that's what the second assassin was driving up yeah or at least an an echo uh a, a reference to that yeah and yeah. then driving down down into down it. into and the deep down. Yes. oh my god that yeah no, that felt metaphorical yeah <laughs> um which yeah whether that's yeah spreading life out into the greater universe around them spreading life into a universe again almost pulls on if we're, we're going a little biblical here but the point of the Tower of Babel's well, it started downfall... started with a quote from Leviticus. Yeah. Yeah, well, the point of the downfall of the Tower of Babel was to scatter yeah. humanity across the world. And, and make case, it so they couldn't talk path. to each other as well, which is why which, there's yeah, no dialogue. No yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is really excellent. Like, there's, there's so much going on in this film. It doesn't there let really up. Is. It's always It's always rough. But also, there's so much interesting stuff going on here. <laughs> it's really, really fantastic. Like you can get your teeth in this and chew, and oh. you might not want to because of the reflection <laughs> of disgust when you look at all all the piss and shit and blood of the world that that it's built off. But you should get your teeth into this. Like it's worth thinking a bit about, um, and developing your own thoughts on because I'm sure any number of people could have any number of interpretations of what's going on mm, in here. Definitely, but it, it it's really impressive because it's vague and ambiguous like that. But it is definitely like concrete, and it carries itself through. Like it's not wishy washy. Just oh, we're doing whatever. Lol, random. Two thousand and four. Whatever. <laughs> it is. It is. Got a clear building block. Phil Tippett knows what this is about. He's just definitely. The I I looked at the reviews on the Shutter app as I watched this, and the top one was this was excellent. They show you everything. They don't tell you anything. <laughs> That's yeah. Like there, yes. there's nothing. They show you, you to, everything. You oh my lord! Do they show you everything? Yeah, they show you. 
<laughs> there is nothing left in hell. What, <laughs> what greater horror is there than the enormous phallic slave overseer getting <laughs> jammed in the rear and having his enormous testicles slapped in order to motivate him to continue whipping the homunculi doing the oh labor? My God. <laughs> That was also another oh. great funny bit. It's just like, here's a little bit of cock and ball torture really quick. My my favorite um <laughs> my favorite one line review of this movie is that uh this this movie looks like several people died to bring it to you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> just to build the set. We couldn't get we couldn't get fake materials good enough, so yeah, we had to borrow yeah. and turn number seven skin for this scene, <laughs> you know. When you join this project you must give a yeah. liter. Give blood. <laughs> All your humors, all the, yeah, all, the clear all, ones, all the yellow ones, all, lots yeah. of the red, uh, lots of blood, <laughs> lots of phlegm. Um, <laughs> so yeah, honestly, you could probably go through this and do a four humors interpretation of at least part of this film pretty uh, decently. <laughs> uh, I I hope someone does uh, a, a thesis because there's, on, there's on, like there's uh, cold and there's hot and there's blood and there's phlegm. Like there's all there's all the elements of the four humors theology here. Yes, philosophy. Uh, yeah, it is. It is. It is so much. Um, we've talked about a lot of like the big important scenes. Um, we've talked a little bit about creature design. Do you have a particular favorite sort of puppet out of this? Um, I would probably say uh, most of my favorites are actually in the background. Mm. Um, yeah. The the. Uh, the the monsters and the threats and the protagonists and the antagonists mm-hmm. are all wonderful uh but it, it it's really the attention paid to the uh to to the background viscera the yeah. uh the living flesh of the surrounding oh. area yeah. um <laughs> the, the there's one point where you see a a a, a face it's not a it's a it's not live action film mm. it's a it's a it's a it's a puppet yeah but uh even even though um your focus is on uh the the puppet's eye and uh mm. whatever the the heck is going on on the side of his skull I won't say anything more on that yeah. but also he's breathing gently through his nose mm. and there's just sort of uh uh a skin deformation uh, yeah. as as it's breathing and that sort of attention to detail i yeah. i look for that actively in mm. in other movies and uh sometimes they deliver and sometimes they don't <laughs> yeah. with this thing it just delivers every single frame absolutely it's just absolutely incredible like yeah yeah like uh, i think personally my favorite puppets are the homunculi worker puppet i those are probably my second <laughs> one actually if i'm being they, honest they, yeah. they do really fit that background because they're never they're never the clear open focus of a single scene. Like there's always something more threatening or more interesting. There's so much emotion like presented in those faceless, fingerless, footless, yeah. uh, bipedal nothings. That, yeah, but but, they they, are that, but, but still, you feel what they're doing. Like they're, they're yeah, the they're little they're little creatures of anguish and yeah. uh, and fear. Or uh, but yeah, you can. You, yeah. you can you can feel exactly what they're what they're going through, and yeah. you, you empathise with these things like they're mm. a little clay model that you made yourself, putting yeah, your yeah. own soul into them. Yeah, like like in in that scene with the flying obelisks, 
Yes. Um, there's so many of them in yeah. that general thing. Like you see hundreds of them. At <laughs> just like, like yeah. And they're all doing something. Yeah. One of them is just like on top. He's just finished sweeping off the top. He's like almost wipes <laughs> off his brow and then just in one frame disappears as an obelisk flies flies through him. Through him. Yeah. And, and then that becomes like the the trick for like the next thirty seconds is that's one of the first of actual laugh out loud moments. Yes, yeah. where it's just <laughs> oh oh right we're 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 doing a bit this, here. This, this sort of horrified <laughs> like this is very funny, but also I feel really bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love that they they fit they stuff so much emotion into what is literally like a mud and straw doll. Yes, yeah. yeah at least it feels like they 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 appear to be like press molded out of like refined uh feces as far as i can tell yeah <laughs> like they're, they're the end point of the electric chair torture machine i think something like that or all the beginning point or the beginning point who knows yeah, um yeah. but it is yeah they stuff so much character into yeah, yeah. Like, like i said these nothings they have no defining features all they have is their actions and their surroundings yeah, and so much of that care, care and attention to detail, just like with the with the breathing of the face. They, yeah, is they, in here. The, there's a, one of the first things that you learn in working with clay mm. is that uh, just about everything is made up of snakes. Yeah, um, you 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 roll long lengths of of clay between your hands, and then you make things with these long snake lengths of of clay. Yeah, um, and that sort of continues on. Uh, through an entire um, artist career, just about everything is made yeah. of snakes. These yeah. look like they're made of snakes. These look like you've got uh, yeah, clay and straw just rolled between your hands, and then just mm. arms put together on the sides. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then there's yeah, these faceless little uh, cylinders, uh, mm. somehow happy with the work they're doing oh no he's not he's dead yeah yeah i think that that's part of the horror of, of it is that you can relate to even in your worst times you can take satisfaction in getting something done and then something <laughs> comes along to crush you like we we've all had that we've all had the oh yes. i'm having a dog awful day this is the worst day of my year so far but i got this thing done doesn't that feel good that's not bad at all and then something hits you either physically or metaphorically yeah. and you go, yeah. oh, well, I've just been literally <laughs> deflated by this, this, <laughs> this sort of puncturing of my minor accomplishment of, you know, I got out of bed or I managed to do this thing, this project I needed to finish or whatever. Definitely. Um, we, that's the thing. We can relate to the little faceless mannequin people so much more than the actual three humans in this film, which is, Really funny to me. <clears throat> um, if it is indeed the, yeah. the last man, it, it definitely it definitely hints at there being an actual coherent plot. Yeah, uh, full yeah. of full of metaphor. Um, I'm I'm still not convinced there is. I'm still not convinced of this uh, theory I thought of just half an hour ago. Um, <laughs> but it does feel like there's something more. I hope there is. I, oh, and it's yeah. not just a series of uh, of scenes, but even just taking it as that, it's yeah. it's still a lot. It's not just enough. It's a lot. Yeah. It, it's deeply experiential. Like, like I said, this is a feast. Uh, I, I came away from this having maybe chewed away a quarter of that feast if possible. <laughs> I'm going to have to go back in and dive in eventually and watch it again 
like at as high quality as I can with as high quality of sound as I can. The problem is I don't want to do that for at least two. I want to give myself a recovery oh, period. As I mentioned to you before we started uh, yeah. recording, I watched what I now know is part one of this, which yeah. is like the first 25 minutes of the film, yeah. um, which is probably the most uh, fleshy hellscape yeah, part oh, of the first yeah. 25 minutes. Uh, and then I stopped um, because <laughs> I could not continue yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then picked it up later. Um, I don't generally recommend doing that with any movie, uh, Mm. including this one, but it's, it's, yeah, it's definitely something that, uh, over, overpowers, uh, Mm. if you're not expecting. Yeah. Yeah. Go, go into this prepared. Yeah. We've given you a taste of what to expect. Have we? (laughs) I guess I've described a lot of bits. Yeah. Like the, the problem with this being a purely audio medium is we can't get like a little whiteboard and just start drawing terrible things on mm. it and holding it up to the mm. screen. For the best, probably. Oh, probably uh, for the best, because that's the thing is, like, like I said, I don't know that we can spoil this because it is the experience that matters. We can perhaps help prepare you for the experience by what we've done. We've talked about themes, we've talked about potential meaning, we've described in as good a manner as I think the English human tongue can, <laughs> what's sort of going on in some of the more affecting scenes. Oh, uh, yeah. don't uh, eat anything. Don't while, eat anything while, while, while you're watching, watching this. Absolutely no. not. This, yeah. this, is a, this is a have something to eat, wait half an hour, have some water with you, um, and then <laughs> sit down and take it in. If you have to pause it, give yourself like a five-minute mental health break. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I was I was speaking with a friend uh last night and uh they were they were watching it as like a horror movie uh night with with a couple of friends and yeah, no that most of the pizza that they'd got went entirely uneaten. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just sort of stopped in the first fifteen minutes and didn't mm. get touched. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it is that. Like the 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 first five minutes are fine. Eat them. Don't eat <laughs> after that. Like the first five minutes where you descend like through like the you, you got your shadow play and then you start the descent into what I think is like the Terminator world potentially. It's it's all those like sentry turrets and nothing nothing human. Yeah, there is that, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah, then yeah. it goes further down and I did. I I do want to mention. I do really like this opening bit where it goes down because there's the waste of like the post-apocalyptic sci-fi future, and it goes down through like broken society, and then it goes down through a cavern of dinosaur bone, and then beyond that, a colossal ammonite, and then past that, an into a cave of myth. Yeah, it's filled with sculptures of gods and monsters. And yes. this has some fun Easter eggs in it, which is what I wanted to mention. First off, oh, yes. there is the Cyclops. Um, oh, from, really? From Jason the Argonaut? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah one, of the, one of the statues is the Cyclops from Jason the Argonaut. That makes in, me happy. I didn't, in, I didn't spot yeah, that. In, nice. in, uh, in one of the scenes of the robotic era, there is uh, Robbie the robot, and there's also ED-209 from Robocop. Damn it, I'm really annoyed I didn't see that. When when you get the mental fortitude to watch it again, (laughs) like, it's all in that sort of early section. There's a bunch of, like, little stop-motion animation hints 
and yeah, Easter okay. eggs hidden around. That, that really whole great. scene is like, what, less six seconds long? Yeah, the, yeah. With, with that uh, terracotta. Oh, actually, terracotta warrior. The, mm. There's another scene later in near the end with a with a bunch of terracotta warriors. I wonder if it's a callback or if it's the the same area. Oh, it might be it might be the same zone. Because yeah, no, I, yeah, you are right. It is there. Um, but yeah, this this is such a fantastic film. I don't know how it got made in terms of like I understand the It the, is a miracle that yeah. it happened at all. You're absolutely yeah, absolutely right. Like like Robocop two happened, Phil Tippett started working on this because I I checked the time load production and then Jurassic Park happened and Phil Tippett went, Okay, I just I've worked on and I've watched Jurassic Park. I think stop motion might be dead. <laughs> and then like ten or twenty years later someone went, Hey Phil you remember that like little preview of a stop motion hellscape you showed me? How's that coming along? He's like, oh, you still want to see that? He's like, okay, I guess we're doing this now. <laughs> get, the, get the shovels out. We're going to dig up what's left of Mad God. And then, and then COVID happened and we worked through that to release this. Like, uh, a, lot, a lot of people call it Phil Tippett's magnum opus. Probably is. Like, I can't see anything surpassing the level of effort and sheer will put just into this. Phil Tippett's magnum opus, I would but probably yeah. say the magnum opus of the medium itself. Oh it's, yeah. Stop every, motion will never look this good again. I've I've seen <laughs> so many I, I'm a massive fan of claymation yeah, and yeah. stop motion in general. And uh most of uh most of claymation and stop motion is short. Yeah. Uh, well, due, due to constraints of the medium, because it takes a long ass time oh, yeah. to do this, but but also because uh, for the same reason why most of the best science fiction is short stories rather than uh, longer format is because uh, the best fiction is often delivered in small parcels, and uh, there's so many uh, short claymation stop motion films that mm. just leave you wanting so much more yeah. like you just you just see this minute and a half thing as like, i want a netflix series out of that yeah give me that um we have that? and and now we have a full movie of it and yeah. i had to stop at 20 minutes in because oh my god i can't it's take so it much. anymore <laughs> they, they, fit, they fit so much into it that you can't digest it all at once you need to take those mini break i mean I paused it a few times to sort of get up and go walk around for a minute and go, I just need to <laughs> yeah. breathe out. Yeah. <laughs> I, felt, I felt like I was holding my breath for the entire film. <laughs> yeah, well, anxiety attack the movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I agree. Like, honestly, this might be the culmination of stop motion as a medium. I could see that. Like, so, certainly in terms of pushing art through stop motion, like the, again, level of detail, atten um, attention to, like, the flow of things, it all flows almost seamlessly. It's, yeah, it's, it's not, it's not, it's not just little... one person's uh, yeah. uh, vision of how uh, a storyboard should be pushed mm. forward. It's yeah. very, very clearly had more than a few people guide uh, from one scene to the next in a very natural way. Yeah, yeah, it's it's incredibly well put together, like in every single aspect. Maybe they didn't have to use the monkey scream five different puppet <laughs> types but honestly it felt like a little callback by the third time I was okay with it um, <laughs> um, but it is yeah it pushes the medium itself so much further than I think anyone thought it could be because uh, again after Jurassic Park who really worked on 
stop motion animation. It was a lot of small indie stuff, and it was like Wallace and Gromit and a couple of other projects. Yeah, but most, Nick most people gave up on did it. a few a few things, but even even yeah. the Ardman Productions after their uh, warehouse fire. Yeah, uh, sort of pivoted to uh, computer animation. And, yeah, it's just and, uh, easier. Drawn. Well, you know? yeah, that's in terms of time spent. Yeah, it's yeah, but there's, there's nothing else like stop motion, like in in the field. Like this is the smoothest stop motion there is. It still feels so genuine and real, and it is the fact that it is a physical medium Definitely. that they're working with. I think, like you, I I I'll be. I'm the albatross on the cross here saying, like, you'll never <laughs> quite get there with CGI. It's never going to be that level of perfect just because it's not a real physical thing. We'll never be able There's, We'll get there eventually. It, it, it has moments. It has its moments. But I, like, I will probably say yeah. that about maybe a third of the scenes of the, of the dragons in Game of Thrones, mm. uh, really I, I will high. probably... Yeah, there's a there's a solidity to some of those guys that yeah. uh, you you don't see in almost any other yes. uh, CGI productions. But a, apart All from that sort of like <laughs> a m- moment, like oh my god, standing ovation, well done, guys. Apart yeah. f- apart from those sorts of moments. As a whole, I completely agree. CGI yeah. gets almost all the way there and delivers a wow factor, yeah. but it doesn't deliver the uh, there's there's a there's a human element that just gets down into your spine. Yes, yeah. There's something about having something physically there that if you're if you're doing like a mostly live action thing, something you can reach out and touch. If you're doing stop motion, something that bounces light realistically because it's real. And that you know you can still control the elements of lighting. Oh, and stuff like the, that. the yeah. yeah, lighting. lighting I wanted to talk so about good. that as well. Yeah. The every every single scene in this entire movie mm. is so well lit. The like uh, every frame is a painting. Is, yeah. is a oh yeah. Is, you is can a take saying? almost like, any frame of this, and it would be a cover for like a a Russian post grunge metal <laughs> album cover or something like that. Like. It, it's got that level of dirt, that level of detail. Just like, uh, yeah. the, the use of color, the the use of shadow. The, mm. It's it, and it it changes from scene to scene, um, but still maintains like a, a artistic singular point of view yeah. uh, throughout the whole thing. But but still changes. From scene to scene, yeah, it, yeah. it's uh, it, it's really remarkable. I'm not saying that uh, there's like different uh, flavors for for each scene. No, no, but, no. But uh, they 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 definitely work with light and color yeah. to uh, convey uh, something. Something. <laughs> I, I don't want to. I, I I hate sounding so vague, but that's what this movie there's is. There's only so much you can say with the human <laughs> words that we have to use here, <laughs> like. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that is the great success here. It is so deeply experiential that it's hard to properly describe because you just have to sort of sit there and let the monkey part of your brain go. This is the thing that evolution never prepared me for. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how oh. to feel about this, but I'm feeling something. Something's brewing inside me, but just alongside Definitely. the anxiety, something's in there. It's it's incredible. I think. I think we've started to circle the drain of just saying this is really good. So I think we probably don't have much more to say about this. Go watch it. If you've listened to all of this, 
know this we haven't really spoiled you this is so worth watching please go watch it it is it's, just out of this world it is way more than you could ever expect it's yeah. uh it, it's way more than most people would be able to take yeah um, yeah be, be careful with who you talk about it with or recommend it to because uh that some people look at you very strangely afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> all right. Uh, uh, yeah, all right. And with that, it's over to our administration. Uh, Twitter's still alive. I'm not sure how or why, but it's still holding on. So for the time being, you can find the show on Twitter at mon underscore demonster. Um, you can find myself primarily on twitter at night underscore twitter that's night without a k come for photos of my cat and me talking about it getting hot in australia again because sam it's starting to warm up it really is it really is i've been sitting here under the air conditioner the whole recording just doing my best um (laughs) you can find dave uh on twitter for the time being at stanchinor underscore plus he always has that in the show notes you you know i'm not going to spell out for you uh and you can find leonard uh on twitter at dr faust is dead you can find his productions at umbra Knox productions he's working on some pretty cool stuff go check that out he will not love you personally for it but he'll appreciate the attention umbra Knox, what a wonderful name it's, it's a good name for production right the guy's got style um Sam is not super active on the internet, which is probably the correct choice to make in our life. <laughs> As someone that's involved in computers and security in general, I don't do much with the socials. That's fair. Um, so you can perhaps sometime in the future find him on this podcast again, but otherwise <laughs> you're out of luck. He's all mine. I'm sorry. <laughs> I get to see him every Tuesday and it's lovely. Um, so we'll wrap up there. Thank you so much for listening. Go watch Mad God. <laughs> And yeah, and then try and explain it to someone yeah. and understand why we've just been why circling we weird, weird under just words, just... words, words everywhere, words everywhere. Um, Word soup. All right, yeah. Thank you for listening, um, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Goodbye, everyone. Good evening. Monster, dear monster, is brought to you by Fireheart Media. If you enjoyed the show, please share this and all of our episodes with friends. And remember to rate and review us on your podcast platform of choice. Word of mouth is the only way we grow. If you like, you can also kick us a few bucks to help us keep the lights on at ko-fi.com slash fireheartmedia. Check out our other show, Jalachan's Place, at www.jalachan.place.